Hello, everyone. This is In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association. I am Annette Knowles. In this episode, our guest is Harmony Gamazel, a government and community vitality educator from MSU Extension. Harmony and I discussed an approach to crime prevention called SEPTED. Listen in to learn more. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association. And our guest today is Harmony Gamazel. Hello, Harmony. Hello. Harmony's here today from MSU Extension, and we're here to talk about uh, SEPTED. And Harmony, I have to give you my little funny story because when I first heard the acronym SEPTED, and I'm like, who's TED? <laughs> Everyone except TED. <laughs> um, but I know there's more, uh, more to the story than that. So can you tell us what SEPTED is? SEPTED is an acronym. It's uh, Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design, CPTED. And of course, there's a lot of um, syllables there. So we do use that acronym quite often when we're talking about this way to look at our communities through a lens of public safety and accessibility. So SEPTED is a planning framework and a way to look at our downtowns and plan for the prevention of crime. Why is this important to downtown organizations? Well, crime can touch all of us, whether that is property crime or violent crime. Those are the two types of crime we look at when we are doing a SEPTED planning process. Crime occurs in the neighborhoods surrounding our downtowns. It can occur in the downtown areas. And it's important to understand crime statistics in your community and and perhaps understand also residents' perceptions of crime, which can sometimes be different from actual crime occurrences in a community. For our DDAs and our other downtown organizations, it, this SEPTED provides a strategy for under crime patterns, number one, crime perceptions, and then offers kind of a phased or triaged opportunity to make some design improvements block by block to work towards preventing crime. So let's start out at a little bit a higher level and we can work our way down uh, into some of the more details. So let's start out with uh, what are some of the principles or tenets of SEPTED? There are four main principles that work together during a SEPTED process. The four, we call them pillars of SEPTED. The first one is surveillance. Think about being in a downtown area or in a neighborhood and how many eyes are on the street. Can business owners, residents, can they see what's happening out on the sidewalk and out on the street when they are inside? And conversely, when you are outside of a downtown business, can you stand on the sidewalk or be in a car and see what's happening inside a business or a storefront. And so just that surveillance, we call it, is really important in preventing crime, having that visual opportunity to just see what's happening around us in in our communities. The second principle of SEPTED is what we call territoriality, which conveys a sense that people care about our downtowns, our neighborhoods, and that would-be offenders are going to get this message that people care about this area. And so would-be offenders could decide to not commit a a property or a violent crime in that area because it has a territoriality has a lot to do with placemaking. So if you have art, activities, 
uh, of vibrant blocks in your downtown, things were places where things are happening, you have that territoriality. And working with surveillance, these two things can prevent a lot of crime in an area. And more importantly, change people's perceptions about crime that may or may not happen. So people feel more safe. Then the third principle is what we call access control. And that has a lot to do with the way our streets, our alleys, and our sidewalks are designed or connected. In SEPTED, we're taking a look at blocks in a downtown, not only the streets along the major downtown arteries, but looking at the streets that connect the downtown to neighborhoods on either side of it. And when you control access through these points, we're looking for something where you're not allowing just the fast, free flow of movement of vehicles and people, you know, fast and unobserved movement of cars and people. It's really, when it comes to people who might commit a crime, they're looking for easy getaway routes. And so things like traffic slowing designs that can be put into neighborhood areas, traffic slowing designs in downtowns uh, really can can help uh, prevent crime. And then finally, maintenance, which is very closely related to the territoriality aspect we mentioned earlier, but just maintaining properties and ensuring that public parks, sidewalk areas, alleyways, even private um, property looks to be maintained. You know, they're not blighted and litter and landscaping is monitoring, you know, this type of level of care can be a real deterrence for would-be criminal activity. So you, if you put all four of these together, surveillance, territoriality, access control, and then maintenance, and you start to codify these things into your zoning and your building codes, you are really, it's proven to make a difference in the occurrence of crime. That's leading me to another question as I'm kind of thinking about it. It seems to me that the four pillars are really concentrated on what I'm going to call physical aspects of the downtown. I guess my question is, is what is the relationship or the interplay between the physical and the social aspects then? Downtowns themselves are can be viewed as living organisms. They are unique intersections of commerce, recreation, education, public services, and and a lot more, right? We all know that. So that physical or built environment in a downtown dictates how we interact socially. So they're very closely interwoven, the social and the physical aspects. So just the design of an alleyway, design of a parking lot, the sidewalks, the the interface of a uh, privately owned building and the sidewalk and the connections to parks and trails and the connection of a downtown to its surrounding neighborhoods, residential neighborhoods, these design aspects have a strong impact on how safe people feel when they visit the downtown and how welcoming a downtown can be for people or for visitors or even welcoming to uh, potential business owners when you're trying to attract investment in a downtown. Just the design, the, the territoriality, the accessibility, all of these, those principles of SEPTED can have very strong impacts on the social aspect of our lives, especially when we're in the downtown areas. That's a great response, Harmony, because I know so many times the downtowns really are trying to be places where people can connect with each other. And throughout my career, we've always heard those buzzwords, 
clean, safe, and attractive. Um, and so that whole safety component, I think, is really important and relevant to the SEPTED conversation. Let me move on then to maybe seeing a little bit of uh, SEPTED in action. What design features might be included to help prevent crime? We recommend placemaking to be a critical piece of, of solving this SEPTED puzzle. And so any sort of designs that are that create a vibrant, walkable area for visitors and for business owners are really those design features that we want to see, uh, pieces of art or their perceptions of safety. And so placemaking is really where we focus and it combines those four principles of SEPTED, territoriality, controlling access, and um, maintenance. And so it adds just, if you add to that, add to these design features, um, the background research that has to be done by a downtown or by a community to understand crime patterns, and then also understand how people perceive their safety when they're downtown. And there are plenty of of examples for where people's perceptions of crime in the downtown don't match the actual crime pattern that is shown in crime data analysis. Um, people may feel that they are going to be susceptible to crime when they are going back to their car after leaving an activity downtown at night. And when you do look at crime patterns, uh, there was a particular community where we did not see that type of crime happening, personal you know, crime against your person balancing the design recommendations with the actual crime that has been known to occur is really that nuance to this work, right? You have to do those two bits of information. You have to understand the crime that is happening and then understand how to design around that crime to prevent it. Okay. Um, and uh, can I add also, if you can discuss it all, I know earlier in the conversation, we talked about, for example, being able to see out as well as being able to see in. So this isn't necessarily just public infrastructure that could be impacted using these principles. It's also private development, architect building design that could also incorporate uh, pillars of SEPTED. Exactly. When a community decides to conduct a SEPTED planning process, the easiest areas to have the most impact, you know, to change the design of a block, to change the design of a sidewalk or add lighting or landscaping or placemaking is really the publicly owned areas. So that's really the first phase of SEPTED is to take a look at what a community can do to change those public areas first. And then parallel to that effort is an educational piece where I've seen DDAs reach out to business owners and provide information about how to reorganize the inside of your store so that it, it will prevent crime through the placement of cameras, through where you place uh, visual barriers inside your store can really impact crime and, and prevent crime. And then the covering of windows is, is another aspect of SEPTED. So with the changes to the public realm, we'll call it, we're also doing education with private uh, landowners and uh, business owners to work on that private side. And the um, a lot of the time, uh, window coverings can be very contentious because 
business owners really enjoy that space to advertise what's going on inside the storefront and what kind of services they offer. Sometimes you'll see businesses where 100% of the windows are covered in posters and announcements and things like that. And in other times, in other communities that have specific zoning requirements that limit the covering of windows, you'll see maybe 20% of the windows are covered with announcements and posters. And there is an actual septed reason for clear windows into a storefront. And would-be offenders uh, really enjoy businesses who have covered up all of their windows, right? Be, so that they a crime can be perpetrated inside and there will be no surveillance from the sidewalk or from the parking lot, right? Because the windows are covered. And so I know when I worked in planning as a local planner, it was always, there were a few, a good handful of business owners who were really um, steadfastly holding on to their belief that they needed to cover all their windows with announcements and sales and things like that. When in fact, it was detrimental to public safety when we do look at the crime statistics. And again, this all this is all predetermined on whether or not crime is an issue in your community. So I'm talking about communities where there is a crime issue and we're working with business owners to clean up their windows, clean up their storefronts and provide that surveillance and that maintenance that, that can really help prevent crime. Let's go back to the public realm for just a moment. And we've talked about a few things with the buildings themselves. Are there any public design features that we could consider taboo? Uh, the, the biggest taboo would be to have dark areas at night. <laughs> okay, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, that's a main uh, or an area where um, a person is expected to walk uh, at night, but there's nothing happening around them. Like the really the taboo when it comes to public, the public realm, you know, parks, trails, sidewalks, alleys is really the taboo would be that the community is not providing lighting. It's not providing surveillance and it's not doing some maintenance in these areas to, to um, that's really the taboo. Uh, I would say when you look at the main design features that need to be incorporated to prevent crime, when a community does not do those things, that's that's taboo in my eyes. It's a good good question. I like the way you framed that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how widely or expansive use of septed has been in the United States or even in Michigan. But are there any um, statistics about effectiveness or any anecdotal information that you can have about how well it's worked? Sure. So anecdotally, we we do know that the city of Grand Rapids has formally adopted a septed ordinance, and that really is the main uh, goal of this planning process would be not only to go through the planning process and identify uh, crime hotspots and then identify design changes to address these crime hotspots, but to formalize these actions into an ordinance. I believe is well on its way. It may have already adopted an ordinance, um, but it all revolves around the interplay between the planning department and the police department. There needs to be this septed uh, group, this committee that can guide this process, have these discussions between public safety and planning, and uh, hopefully we would see that lead to ordinance language um, that not only would address the septed qualities of individual buildings, because so often, and this is something I did not know as a planner, 
working at the local level years ago. Uh, but I have since found out and worked with uh, public safety departments who do SEPTED uh, analyses of individual buildings and they do them for private property owners. So they will take a look at window coverings. They'll take a look at surveillance and visibility and lighting and ability to to do rescues in and outside of a building and, and they will do up a report and a certification. So when you know that perhaps your public safety department is already working on this issue and a lot of uh, police officers and, and deputies and chiefs are very well aware of SEPTED, but very rarely has it been folded into downtown planning or community planning in general. And so I would say, and the statistics are that there's a very robust um, set of research out there that shows that increased policing does not prevent crime. And you can look that up. There's lots of reports, there's lots of statistics, uh, but changing the design of the way our communities operate and how our communities look, that prevents crime. Uh, and so we're hoping to see more SEPTED ordinances be adopted across Michigan. I think there's a real opportunity here. Uh, MSU has a training for how to conduct a SEPTED planning process to understand principles and outcomes. And it's a certificate training, um, multi-day, very intensive program. And we hope to gather some momentum from across Michigan with public safety officers, DDA officials, planners uh, to come together um, and elected officials too, to come together and do more SEPTED formalization across our state. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned some of the trainings that MSU Extension um, provides um, for communities to learn more about SEPTED. Are you still performing pilot audits or things of that nature? Or can you comment upon some of the communities that you've done that in? Sure, absolutely. There are a couple different levels of MSU Extension's involvement. In the past, we have partnered with communities who are interested in a SEPTED process. And, and what I can also offer now um, would be um, coming to a community, if it's on Zoom or in person, and providing a short uh, one and a half hour training on how to conduct that planning process. Because it really is feasible for a community to do this if they have a crime statistician someone in their police department who can analyze crime data for them that's really the most difficult piece and mapping out crime and then it's i think more easy to find a planner who would be able to lead the process so my whole mission is uh, each one teach one that we do know about the septed planning process and would love to come out to communities and teach communities exactly what process to use and if, if funding and timing is right, uh, MSU's School of Planning might be able to partner as well. So we're here if you want to learn more. I also have a recorded webinar, one-hour webinar about SEPTED that I could share as well uh, in our Citizen Planner archive. Yeah, we have, we have resources for sure. I'm glad you asked. You know, I'm going to go off script for just a second, Harmony, and I'm going to ask you this question because you've mentioned it several times that the formation of a planning process for SEPTED uh, revolves in many respects around mapping out crime data or getting crime data 
Um, is it worthwhile to a community to investigate SEPTED principles, even if they haven't really noticed much crime? Yes. And here's our take on that. So often a community goes through a SEPTED process because, and this was my experience, because people just felt that they were not safe in the downtown. And that was enough to jumpstart a SEPTED planning process. And then when we did the crime data analysis, it turned out there was not a lot of crime happening. So people's perceptions were opposite of what was really happening in a community. The SEPTED planning process itself was extremely valuable because it then changed people's perceptions about the downtown. After hearing that property crime and violent crime, particularly in one community, turned out to not be as big of an issue as people had perceived it to be. And when I say people, I mean just residents across the board, uh, business owners. um, There really was this perception that it was a violent area when in fact it wasn't. And we only knew that by going through the planning process, right? You, you do the research and you find out, and then you still have this fantastic framework for engaging the public and creating placemaking ideas and policy recommendations to make the community even stronger and to even prioritize maybe some neighborhood areas where we did see more crime happening that were outside the downtown. So it can lead to um, some really great placemaking and really meaningful policy change and ordinance adoption in the end, even if there's not a lot of crime. That's a great response. Um, Really, I'm excited to know that it will be useful whether or whether or not there is crime. Because as we know, if we go through the extent of doing this exercise and making changes that could Uh, potentially eliminate crime from even starting, right? (laughs) So, Harmony, you mentioned some training that might be available. Is there any online resources, websites, et cetera, where people can find more information about trainings or find more information about SEPTED in general? Yes, if you... uh... If you Google MSU, so Michigan State University, and then SEPTED, C-P-T-E-D, you will see uh, quite a few links pop up there and you'll be able to get to the website where MSU's School of Planning, Design, and Construction hosts a wide variety of resources on SEPTED. How to contact faculty members for more information. And then also if you Google Michigan State University Extension, and then land use education. Uh, my team's website will pop up and you'll be able to find information on SEPTED there as well. And then you'll have my contact info. I'm sure you can email or uh, contact me directly and we can chat about your own community, your own downtown and what SEPTED might bring to it. SEPTED can also be a small part of a larger master planning effort. So you can keep that in mind as well if you're doing a master plan update Uh, SEPTED could be a section in there and you could go through a smaller planning process. So there's always that aspect as well. If you want to fold it into a larger planning effort, it can be done. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to add? (laughs) It's always my, my, my last question is the, the drop bomb, right? (laughs) Is there anything else? 
I know that our listeners are mainly downtown representatives and officials, and uh, I do want to mention, though, in the in the um, effort to be more inclusive, of course, would be I have to teach a lot of people who are officials or staff in more rural areas or suburban areas. And if you're listening uh, from those types of geographic areas, I just want to point out that SEPTED is also a process that works well in rural communities and suburban, uh, because uh, just understanding the crime in your area, your neighborhood, uh, no matter what type of community is important in planning and hearing, uh, hearing from your community on what the issues are related to personal safety, and then taking a look at the types of crime happening in your community. So it, it doesn't just have to apply to downtowns. So I guess I'll just end it on that, that, that SEPTED can be helpful to all sorts of communities across Michigan. Awesome. Thank you. And before I conclude, I just wanted to make uh, generalized remarks about um, MSU extension if you are in the DDA career field and have not investigated many of the different programs available that would assist you, please check out MSU Extension. There are resources regarding um, planning and zoning and um, these other types of programs like SEPTED, which are all really relevant and really useful to downtown directors. So thank you, Harmony, for sharing some time with us today. We appreciate so much your, your talent and your expertise. Thank you, Annette, and thanks for spotlighting SEPTED. It's really an important part of the work we do. I appreciate your kind words, and I thank you for the invitation. Well, thank you again, and you've been listening to In That's a wrap on this episode of In My Downtown. We'd like to thank our special guest, Harmony Gamazel, and our partner organization, MSU Extension. To find out more about SEPTED, find the link at cpted.net or search crime prevention on the MSU website. Thank you for listening.